This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers School Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I'm uh, back with our, our traveling ambassador, Rocky <laughs> Fleming, who's been uh, fanning the flame all over the country. So oh, that's uh, been fun, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So we might need to get a, just a brief report on that. But yeah. uh, um, it, it, hopefully you read our abide emails. If, if you're listening to this podcast, you might be. But Rocky's written a blog uh, on our website called Fan the Flame Tour, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to be putting out some of his accounts of his trips and pictures. And so, uh, Rocky, you want to give a give a quick little? Well, the uh, the first one was uh, in Memphis, and then into Mississippi with the prison ministry there at Parchment, and then amazing it, it, yeah. it was. And uh, you were there. I was you there. Saw yeah. That. yeah, yeah. And then in Tuscaloosa to see our our brothers and sisters over there and it's in Coker, Tuscaloosa. Uh-huh. Uh Ray Burkhalter. Right. And then then going down to Montgomery with Tim Ryan and Becky and their church. And man, that was such a precious, blessed time for us. And seeing the the fruit of the ministry and seeing lives that are telling us the same stories we're hearing all over the nation. It was my life is will never be the same because mm. I've found this intimacy with Christ. And uh, and so that was our first uh, foray into this thing, and it was better than we imagined. I will say this. I had to learn a lot about pace, though, mm-hmm. because uh, I asked them to keep me busy, and I didn't. I think I'm going to change that now <laughs> a little bit. And one of the other things is, you know, the, the travel time in driving an RV is stressful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a little floating yeah. Carpet. I oh, mean, yeah. You're fighting wind and you're fighting trucks. I mean, it's just stressful. Yeah. And so if you drive someplace, you better rest before you try to jump into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so by the time we got through the first week, we were just, I mean, it was, we were almost numb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I uh, got some ra- days rest on that and then came back and heading down to Bryan, Texas, uh, in early May, and then we're going to come back up into Dallas and uh, be with a gathering with Michael there mm-hmm. in our Dallas-Fort Worth region. Yep, our newest region. Uh-huh. That's right. And so there are some others that are planned on out the rest of the year, and we're looking forward to that. But right now, it's doing what uh, it, it's doing what we'd hoped, and that is it gives us a representative from the global board to, the ability to go out and tell the, these people how much we love them and how. Mm-hmm. How proud we are of them and and fan their flame, right? That's right. What I didn't understand, didn't appreciate at the time, is how much they fanned my flame. Right. I mean, their their uh, encouragement, enthusiasm was just amazing. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd like to do a podcast uh, and get some of those chaplains that we met at Parchment mm. Prison, maybe via Zoom or whatever. Yeah. But I, I mean, that was yeah. just amazing. What's going on there? So. I think there are plans to go back there. Yeah. Greg and I plan on going. I'm sure you want to go, go, and then we could do that podcast. Yeah, in that, the prison. Oh, at the prison. That would be the that'd be best. That'd be the yeah. best one. Oh yeah, I was. That was. They would get Johnny Cash to go with us. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, <laughs> oh, it was surreal. It was a great experience. And Rocky wrote you wrote about it in your yeah. blog. So if people want to learn a little bit about it, they yeah. can read the blog. It came out this week. So yeah, go go to the website if yeah. if, if uh, it's on there. Right, you can find it on the homepage. So, well. Uh, 
you know, you and I, uh, Rocky, uh, one thing we have in common is that we we tend to love uh, the holidays mm-hmm. and, and especially Christmas and Easter. Yeah. And uh, you, we always do some sort of special podcast at Christmas time and yeah. talk about memories and stuff. But Easter is especially special to us because it's about our Lord Jesus. And and uh, and I, you've always been really good about um, using your imagination of, mm-hmm. to, to, to try to ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand what was going on the week of. And we've yeah. talked about that in previous yeah. podcasts. And 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 we we you and I had some a kind of a different thought today um, for this podcast. We thought what was going on um, that week of Easter through Judas's eyes. Mm-hmm. He was there. He was one of the twelve. He saw a lot of the things the same disciples saw. Yeah. And it was a critical week for him, too. Yeah. Um, so we want to kind of dive into that story, the, the, what we know from Scripture yeah. about kind of what happened. And and maybe there's some things we can learn. Yeah. Um, you know, it's easy for us to say, oh, that was Judas. He was the he was the cursed one. You know, he's the he's the bad guy. But uh, maybe there's times that we betrayed Jesus. Yeah. Either maybe in our minds and our hearts, uh, maybe Outwardly, you know, so uh, so where do you want to dive in as we think about that topic? Well, it's not to defend you, Judas. Right. You know? I mean, right. that's the first thing. We're not no. to defend him, but nope. uh, maybe to understand mm-hmm. uh, what could have made a Judas. Right. Because he was a follower. Mm-hmm. He was a disciple. He was chosen by Jesus. Mm-hmm. He had been with him three years. He had, he had seen all the things Jesus did. There was things that... Uh, Astounded him, had to astound him. He was there when they fed the, all the masses with fish and very few fish and loaves of bread. And mm-hmm. he saw the leprosy healed. I mean, he saw so many healings. I mean, he heard the preaching. I mean, he was a, he was a, a follower of Christ, but something caused him to check out. Mm. And that makes that that makes me concerned. Yeah, because I think we could be think that we're a disciple of Christ, but we're holding back. Yeah. And the right thing comes along and it triggers that we're really not as deeply committed as we thought. Mm. So is there something to learn mm-hmm. from Judas? Yeah. You know, there, I think that there were some dynamics that might have been going on with Judas. And it's obvious that the people were the disciples were getting to the point that they were not trusting him. He was keeping the money, yeah, but they were they were concerned he was taking some of that money too. Yeah, I think John talks about that in one of his mm-hmm. gospels. Yeah, they, and it was in the account when the lady put the expensive perfume on right. Jesus, and he was complaining about it. He was complaining about it. Yeah, and there's a little note that oh yeah, what's he? He just cared about it because he. Kept the common purse. Well, his heart was revealed right then. He didn't see the hidden truth that, that you know that was being talked about, and that is that there's something far greater than money, and there's far greater than perfume, and that is the intention of it. And he was missing that point. Mm-hmm. He was holding back. You know, he was maybe he was trying to give a a, a picture of being a disciple, but maybe his heart had not really bought in yet. Mm-hmm. And again, there's a lesson there because I think that there are people that are followers of Christ, but they're not all the way in. Mm-hmm. They're, they're walking around behind him, but they're not walking with him. Yeah. Well, and it, it kind of goes back to, we've talked about this before, I think, but uh, I always talk about when you take someone through the journey 
and, and they give themselves to it, what happens is it's like the Holy Spirit shines a big spotlight in their heart mm-hmm. and starts exposing dark areas that they haven't wanted to visit, you know, mm-hmm. in their heart. And and for some, they don't want to go there, so they drop out. For those who press into it and they are allow the Holy Spirit to discipline, to prune, to do all the things he's wanting to do, they come out, you yeah. know, champions on the other end. Yeah. But uh but it's a decision. It's a it's a critical point. Well, it's a trust also. You know, as we've said many times, that to follow Christ, those disciples had to stay with him even though they didn't understand what he was saying. Right. That's right. He's talking about eat my flesh and drink my blood and not explain what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, good grief. That's right. The perception of that, he's talking about cannibalism. Mm-hmm. And that would be the most offensive thing you could think of to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they even getting around blood was bad for them. They wouldn't do it. Yeah. And so the point being is that he expects us to follow him and trust him, even though we don't understand it. Mm. There are times in our life that we just don't understand what he's doing here. I kind of think maybe that was what happened to Judas. Yeah. He didn't understand it. Well, just think about the dynamics of that week. You know, on Palm Sunday, there was a great thing. You know, Jesus was coming in. Everybody was proclaiming him, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, everybody wants to be in that parade. Sure. I'm sure Judas wanted to be in that parade, right? Because mm-hmm. that parade looked like that Jesus was going to be that king. Right. Right? That they were looking for. You know, a militant king. Not the Messiah king that he is, but the military king that'd be overthrowing Rome. And if he were an ambitious guy, where where he would want to be is right next to him, right? Mm-hmm. Especially minding the treasury. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next day on Monday, what did Jesus do? He went into Jerusalem and he turned over the tables of the money changers. Mm-hmm. He drove the animals out. Yeah. Okay, now this gets... Uh, this is, I don't understand this. This is going against the whole system. I mean, this is creating havoc. This is not what I was expected. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Especially from a Judas perspective, right? That's right. Because he's thinking uh, to make a profit's a good thing, you know? That's, yeah. uh, even, you know, even, even in the temple, no big deal. Yeah, and, and, you know, he doesn't understand it, and he can't really agree with it because it doesn't make sense, right? Right, right. So what does he do on Tuesday? He cuts a deal. Mm. He cuts a deal with, you know, the the priest and the mm-hmm. religious structure to portray Jesus. That's right. That's right. Came to regret it. Mm. You know, he tried to take the money back and he tried to reverse the deal. And they said, hey, man, that, 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 that dog's already hunted here. We're not going to change that. Mm. And he couldn't undo his deal. So he, I think he made an impetuous decision in many ways. Mm-hmm. And I do think Satan entered his heart at a point that he was vulnerable, mm. which I think can happen to all of us. In our vulnerability, we could make some bad decisions and in fact find ourselves being a, a rendition of Judas in betraying Jesus mm. or betraying our, our faith in him or betraying people that that are in our life that are under our care because I think that if I were to offend my wife and hurt her I would offend Jesus and hurt him mm. 
And so I think that we have to ask the question, well, what can be in our life that makes us vulnerable? Because something made him vulnerable. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. What what would cause us to check out on Jesus? You know, mm-hmm. and we've mentioned uh, a false idol of money, maybe, or any other false idol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, misunderstanding, not understanding. Mm-hmm. I was also thinking of impatience. Like, wait, you know, when's this all going to be worked out? This is taking too long, you know, to, to get that, to where. And that's probably what was happening with Judas. Yeah. He was going to force Jesus' hand. Right, right. That's right. But, I mean, can you think of other examples of things modern day? That can, well, those can... are good things right there. I think that uh, one thing stands out to me is that, you know, you've been lit this long enough to know. You don't know why sometimes we get some bizarre things that come at us. Yeah, that's right. I mean, where's that coming from? Why, why are we having that? You know, I mean, what have I done to deserve that, mm-hmm. right? And, um, but I think we've learned through the process that if we'll just hang in there and trust him, don't give up on our trust, just keep staying with him because he's steady. Just trust him and let, us, let him walk us through it. Then we can see on the other side of it one day, oh, that's why that happened. Mm. You see, now we look on the other side of Jesus turning over those tables. Yeah. And we understand, oh, that's why he did that. Mm-hmm. He's breaking up that monopoly, that religious monetary structure that was so tied together, the corruption of it. He was, on, he was turning that over. Mm-hmm. And he's getting it back to what the temple is. And by the way, he is the temple. Mm-hmm. He is the temple. That's right. And then the scriptures say that do you not know you are a temple of God and the spirit of God lives within you. So we are a temple because the temple lives within us. That's right. That's right. So all of these things we look at teach us. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to be like Judas and we're going to make a snap decision and you're disappointed because it's not on our time schedule, then we could be making a fatal mistake, which was his case. Yeah. Well, and I think I think Judas is like a lot of believers who want to think that following Jesus means health, wealth, prosperity, mm-hmm. success. You're not going to have problems. You're not going to, you know, and, and even the disciples, when they're in a storm, like they woke him up. Don't you care that we're about to drown? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, they, they, they wanted the benefits of him being with them. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of believers want to think that. Well, they, want a fr- they want a comfortable free ride. That's it. Comfortable. But what did Jesus say about it? He says something about a, a narrow path right. that will be very difficult and few go that way. That's right. And he talked about, I am the gate to that narrow path. Mm-hmm. But just because it's a difficult path does not mean it's not the right path. That's right. That's right. It is the right path. And he even says we're going to have trouble. We'll we're going to have trouble, but take heart. Yeah, because I've overcome the world. You know, and you know what I've seen about that path is that if we will count, if we will stay with him on it, if we won't check out on him, if we will just weather the difficulties with him, he makes us stronger. Oh yeah, he helps us walk the difficult path uh, with strength rather than with weakness, mm-hmm. with wisdom rather than with ignorance, because our experience has taught us. And the path is, is, is difficult, but it's a good path because it reforms us. It reforms us into the men and women that God wants to make us. Mm-hmm. 
but we'll cut it short if we check out on him like Judas did. Yeah. yeah. Just because we don't understand or just because he, he he's not hitting my timetable or my aspirations are not being met. Those things will reveal themselves to us and we will be failing. We'll be <coughs> failing uh, in our walk with Christ. <coughs> it will work that way. Well, let's kind of continue down the Judas story okay. in that week. So really the next big scene was was Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Well, they're at the table and Jesus tells them all that one of you is going to betray me, the one who's dipped their hand in this in this bowl. You know, yeah. and, and he and why do you think he did that? Why do you think he revealed to all of them that it was Judas was the betrayer? Do you, you make well, any sense of that? Yeah, I think I think the depiction that uh, Michelangelo had in the Last Supper. Yeah, the question was, is it me? <laughs> Actually, is it I? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I think that the, what he did basically was help them understand that um, it could be you. Any of you. Any of you. Yeah, yeah. But it was isolated to Judas. And, you know, I don't, I wouldn't begin to understand the dynamics of that. And, and you know, as you know, he he, uh, he had already washed Judas's feet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now that to me is huge. Huge. Yeah. Knowing right. that he was his betrayer, but he washed his feet. Yeah. Yeah, when we're having a hard time forgiving somebody or, you know, loving our enemies, you got to remember that. You gotta remember that Jesus washed Judas' feet. Somebody asked me one time that uh, <laughs> it was a, it's actually a rhetorical question in a small group, and that is um, that could Judas be forgiven? Mm. And uh, and my answer is what I know about Christ. If anybody could, it would be him that would. Yeah, that's right. Because this grace of God is so magnificent, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Because it goes against everything in the world about conditional love and all the other things. I can tell you this. This is not to celebrate or even concentrate that much on Judas, but we just got to look at the remorse of the man because he was so brokenhearted. Yeah, that's right. Of what he did. Yeah. He hung himself. Mm. And to the Jew at that time, uh, suicide represented hell. Mm. That was just the way it was taught. Yeah. And he couldn't live with himself. He'd rather live in hell than live with himself. Yeah. And that's the remorse he had. And the pitiful state that uh, Satan led him to. Because, you know, that's what Jesus said to him. He says, what you do, do quickly. And the scriptures say that at that point, Satan entered his heart. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. He was being led by Satan at that point, yeah. you know, and, you know, it kind of reminds me of the verses that say, choose for you this day whom you're going to serve. Mm-hmm. You're either choosing one or the other, mm-hmm. you know. If you're not choosing Christ, you're choosing to follow the... Well, if you're not all in, honestly, you're yeah. going to have a hard time uh, staying in. Yeah. Because of the difficulties you'll face as a Christian. Yeah. Because it's not an easy ride. And if you're going to be walking with Jesus, he's going to walk you into some scary places. Mm-hmm. But you will do so with power and his presence. But if, you, if you're if you just kind of 
in and out, in and out, and in, it's going to be, you're not going to have, you're not going to have all that. It's just going to be, it's not going to be a good ride for you. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you asked the question, would Jesus have forgiven Judas? My mind went to Peter. Yeah. Who denied knowing him? Mm-hmm. You know, this, Peter was the one that was with him all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, even outside of the twelve, you always hear about Peter, James, and John yeah. being right by Jesus' side, and he showed them some things he didn't show everybody else. Oh, so Peter and him were close, mm-hmm. and then he denied knowing him three times, and, Jesus, and it says Jesus even heard him deny him one time. So we uh, we talk about Jesus. I mean, Judas's betrayal, right? Right. But do we understand that denial is betrayal as well? Right. I was just thinking the same thing. That's right. And how do we betray him when we deny him yeah. in our life? When we won't step up or stand out or speak up mm-hmm. because we're embarrassed or because we're afraid, because we don't want to be judged or because of our comfort or because mm-hmm. of we don't want to be branded. Mm-hmm. Do we portray him mm. when we deny him? Mm. Can Judas be in us as well? Mm. I think sometimes it's not even what we say, it's what we don't say when we're silent, yeah. when we could speak up. Yeah. You know, and, and when there's some sort of conversation going on that's betraying Jesus or anti-Jesus and we don't speak up, we just yeah. stay quiet. And, you know, that that's a frightening thing nowadays. I mean, uh, Christians are being canceled Mm-hmm. That's right, right? Uh, because you know, if you if you want the applause of man, then boy, they'll they'll get to you on that one. If you're speaking or living your life because you want to be accepted or approved of, they'll get you there. But if you're living your life with reckless abandon and absolute trust in Christ, and the only one that matters to you is Him, then they can't get to you. Mm-hmm. Well, and and. Uh, we have to say that there was a beautiful scene after Jesus died and resurrected mm-hmm. when he comes back to Peter and and he talks to him three different times. Do you love me? Yeah. Do you love me? Do you love me? And and three times for each of the denials. And he was forgiving him. He was reinstating him, yeah. which is, again, only Jesus could, yeah. could do that. And you know, the thing that's so beautiful about the way Jesus ministers to us, he not only does he... Not only does he uh, forgive us, he restores us, and he restores our our dignity in him. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, it, it's not our dignity in ourselves. Peter was a prideful man. Yeah, pretty obvious. Yeah, and he would say that he had dignity because he was Peter. Mm-hmm. But that Peter, that guy was dead. Mm. He died with the betrayal. He died, and that's why he didn't want to. He didn't want to keep going because he felt like he had betrayed Jesus and there's no, I mean, he should never be forgiven. He wouldn't forgive himself. Mm. So he was broken. Yeah. But then Jesus remade him. He reformed him. Mm. He gave him his dignity back. And uh, he affirmed Peter's love for him because he kept asking that question until Peter said, yeah. Mm. I do. Right. Well, and I guess I just want to turn it back to the Easter week. I think we're asking ourselves and we're asking our listeners, how far will you follow Jesus? 
will you follow him all the way to the cross and beyond? We we stay with him mm-hmm. all the way through, even even when you don't understand things that he's he's throwing out at you, even when the circumstances don't seem like they're right, yeah. you know, even when it goes against your everything you've been taught, you know, in, yeah. intellectually or whatever, you know, will you stay with him all the way? You know, just think about the agony that those uh, disciples were going through on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they saw him crucified on Friday, and they they were hiding out on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were trying to nurse their wounds and probably ask, where do we go from here? What do we do? And I mean, they had to be in the worst place in their life. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. Worst oh, yeah. place, fearful, yeah. afraid they're going to be taken. People, gonna, the Romans, going to come after them, and they'll be crucified too. And then probably thinking about their families, and they're thinking about, well, did we follow a wrong person? I mean, there are a lot of things that were going on there. Mm-hmm. But then came Sunday, mm-hmm. and then they found that they had followed the right person. That's right. And they kept following him. And see, that's the deal right there with apologetics. Is people through the years have tried to disprove Christianity, and then what they've chosen to do is attack the resurrection. If they could prove the resurrection didn't happen, then they could prove Christianity and Christ is a farce. Yeah. Bottom line. Right. But, you know, the only way you can prove that is by uh, eyewitnesses and accounts. And, and then, then you look at the eyewitnesses and their lives afterwards. And if, if they're a human being, they're not going to protect a lie long, especially if their life comes in danger and say, and they're told, if you'll deny Christ resurrected, then we'll let you live. Mm-hmm. But 99% of the time, human beings who want to keep their life will do that. Right. Right. They're not going to protect a lie. Right. None of them denied him. Every one of them were martyred, except John. He died an old man, but he was beaten up his life because mm. they would not deny that they saw him That's right. from the resurrection. They were with him. They held mm-hmm. him. They were loved by him. They were restored by him. Mm. And because of that, their lives were never the same. Mm. That's what a disciple does. They wait it out and let him resurrect in our life and show us the way. And they were all in, Mm. all in. So could we say that the cross is clarifying in a sense, maybe of what, of why we need the cross. And then, Mm. and then the resurrection is the power. You know, once we get forgiveness, then we have power to go and live empowered lives that don't deny him, that are strong and bold and all that. Well, the the cross represents death. Yeah. yeah. And Paul said it like this, I've been crucified with Christ. Right, right. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So it represents a metaphoric death. Some people, it's a physical death. Mm -hmm. But it's a metaphoric death for Christians. Mm -hmm. The cross represents the death of our life. That's right. Uh, but, but But the resurrection represents the resurrection of new life in us. Mm-hmm. The death of the old man and the coming of the new man. That's right. And the new man is what Christ makes of us as we process through the the Saturdays of our life, mm. the times after Christ has come into our life and the processing of where we are and 
what we need to surrender, how we need to focus our eyes on what he's done. And eventually there's clarification comes just like it did for them when they saw the resurrected Christ. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I'm, I'm thinking of, of a journey group or I'm thinking about abiding. You know, when a man or woman starts abiding in Christ, he, through Christ's strength, they put to death certain things yeah. in their life. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes more alive in their life, and then new gifts are empowered, and new life, new purpose is found, and yeah. and it changes the trajectory of, of lives. Yeah. We've seen it. We've been doing this twenty two years now. Yeah. We we've seen lives radically changed. I mean, they're different guys, different men and women mm-hmm. afterwards, and and this is going on years later. We still they're on fire, doing all sorts of things. And you know, always it always begins from a personal standpoint. It uh-huh. begins with the consecration of our life. That's right. And that's when we put ourselves on the altar of our life and we live there as a living sacrifice, consecrate our life. And consecration will, will require abandonment and trust. Yeah. I mean, just, it's just, it's a letting go of uh, the rights to ourselves and the old man and woman, the old nature. And that's a fight, by the way. It's a battle all the time. It's not a one and done thing. It's a continuous killing. Yeah, that's of right. Self, you know, because um, those living sacrifices crawl off the altar. They right? crawl off. <laughs> <laughs> they do quickly. <laughs> but uh, it's also a, 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 a reforming of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it begins with the consecration, and then, of course, the sanctification process is now sped up. Mm because he's got somebody who's all in Mm. and saying, do with me as you see fit. Take me where I am and make me the man or woman you want me to be, and Mm. I'll serve you. And so if anybody finds themselves coming up to Easter and they feel like they're in danger of being a Judas, you know, there's still hope. Oh, yeah. You can turn back. You don't have to keep going this path. You can turn toward Jesus, and and he'll receive you, and he'll help you, give you strength to— Overcome whatever you're struggling with. Well, we already know, Brian, that if he had to do over, he would have. He'd do it again. That's right. He would not betray Jesus. Oh, oh, Judas would not. No, That's right. Judas oh, yeah. would no, what? Because he regretted. Right. Absolutely, he regretted it. And and I think the lesson from Judas there that we can have is that why wait to that point? It seems like there's no hope for return. Why not return to Jesus right now? That's right. And repent. Mm-hmm. And, and take his forgiveness because he's gracious. He will. That's right. Even if you betrayed him, he will restore you if you'll let him. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Rocky. It's good to have you back at the microphone here. So before you go on the road again, so uh, <laughs> thank you. We'll uh, we'll keep uh, capturing some of your wisdom here in, in coming episodes, but. Uh, well, uh, we want to just uh, thank all of you for listening. Uh, we, we love hearing uh, feedback from you all. When, I wear, when Rocky's on the road or I'm on the road, there are people who come, come up to us and talk about they love the podcast, you know, so we're glad to know some of you are listening up there. So, so have a blessed Easter weekend, all of you influencers out there. Pray you are influencers within your families because a lot of you will be gathering with your family. Some, some of you have non-believers in your family and, and uh, pray that they'll just see something in you that that wants them to know more about Jesus. So uh, anyway, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, you can learn more about the ministry at influencers.org, as well as you can find our our other uh, podcasts that we've had and other devos and uh, and Rocky's Fan the Flame Tour blog is out there as well. So influencers.org. But I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. 
encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.